You're listening to Spice Radio 1200 AM with Mankaren Ajala, and we are speaking to Mahabir Kandola, a UBC graduate student. We're talking about how the Canadian Society for Exercise Physiology is going to launch the first full translation and cultural tailoring of the Canada 24-hour movement guidelines into Punjabi. Mahabir, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you, Mankaren. Happy to join you. How did you get involved in this work? Uh, so I'm a former graduate student of Dr. Guy Faulkner, um, and he's the director of the Population Physical Activity Lab and professor uh, in the School of Kinesiology at UBC in Vancouver. And so his research uh, focuses on physical activity promotion and the relationship between physical activity, mental health, and well-being. And so Dr. Faulkner has been involved in the development of these Canadian 24 Movement Guidelines and shared the opportunity with me to lead this project. What was the process like translating this guide into Punjabi? Uh, yes, yeah, so that, that's really interesting, actually, um, because a direct translation to Punjabi isn't culturally appropriate al- always because there's certain aspects of the movement behaviors that need to be presented differently. And in addition to that, there's no existing uh, cultural tailoring protocol for translating from English to Punjabi. So this project is unique in the sense that we kind of were uh, creating our own protocol in a sense. Um, and that started by a preliminary translation to the best of my abilities, um, which I then pilot tested with Punjabi speaking members of my local community. And that was through facilitating interviews and focus groups just to better understand how to culturally tailor the guideline materials and ensure that what's written in English is accurately represented and reflected in the Punjabi documents. And so through those interviews uh, with a wide age range, um, we incorporated the participants' feedbacks and suggestions to improve the understanding and clarity of the guideline materials and then revised the translated documents and created the corresponding website pages. But I think what was most important to me through this process was just involving the members of the Punjabi population in the adaptation and translation process and um, to ensure that the materials were culturally appropriate and effective in promoting that health behavior change. And before we get more into just the process of translating this, you know, give us exactly a guide as to what exactly this 24-hour guide movement is all about. Sure, yeah. So the 24-hour movement guideline, um, they're age-specific evidence-based recommendations that were developed to promote healthy physical activity, sedentary behavior, and sleep routines to support kind of well-being across the life lifespan. So in a sense, it's basically telling you within 24 hours in your day, here's kind of the best ways to spend it based off of what we know as the best research today. And so in a nutshell, um, they, they recommend making your whole day matter by doing three things. One is to move more. Second is to reduce your sedentary time. And the third is to sleep well. And I want to go into just like the translation process, because, you know, I think as somebody who speaks Punjabi, sometimes it's so hard to translate certain terms and certain ideas, you know, going from one language to another. So what was that process kind of like? Get into the nitty gritty of that. I started off by translating the documents uh, from English to Punjabi to kind of, like I said, the best of my abilities, and uh, I'm, I'm fluent in English and Punjabi. I also had the assistance of family and friends. And so once we kind of had this preliminary draft, uh, we know that there's a lot of different dialects uh, within 
Punjabi and, and a lot of different ways Punjabi is spoken. And so we wanted to make sure that it was something that um, is, is easily understood by most, if not everybody. So to do that, we, we recruited participants. Um, and this was kind of difficult because it was during COVID. Um, so trying to get, you know, grandparents online to do these interviews was an interesting task. But nonetheless, we had, uh, you know, age range from like 18 all the way to 80. Um, sit down, read the guidelines, and and uh, try to pr- provide feedback to make sure that what I was, what I had there made sense. What I had there uh, accurately represents what was written in English. And so, through a number over over twenty to almost twenty five interviews and focus group sessions, we collected all the feedback that that the participants provided. Um, and there were examples such as sedentary behavior, for which there is no term in Punjabi that we can directly translate to. So we, uh, I did the best to try to, you know, explain the concept of sedentary behavior in, in Punjabi as it is understood in English, and from there, getting the feedback from the Punjabi community to, to see how do we put that into the guidelines. And so just to, that, that being an example, we did that for kind of several areas within the movement guidelines and then compiled that and revised that a few times to then be able to come up with this uh, translated final document. And why is it important for guides like this to be translated, and especially be translated in different languages like now, Punjabi, for instance? Sure. Well, um, I didn't know this, but uh, maybe you didn't either. Punjabi is the third most common language in Canada, um, particularly in, in South Asian communities. So... Being that a, a lot of Punjabi-speaking Canadians represent a large proportion of the population, um, it's important for kind of three main reasons. The first is to increase the accessibility and understanding for those who may have limited English proficiency or prefer to receive information in their native language. And I can think of my grandparents as an example of that. Uh, the, the second reason is to address health disparities among Punjabi-speaking population as they may face barriers to accessing healthcare information and services due to language and cultural differences, which ultimately, if they're able to, uh, enables them to improve their health and well-being. And then the third reason that it's really important, I think, is to improve communication and understanding between healthcare providers and patients, which ultimately leads to better health outcomes. Certainly. And I will say, Mahabir, as you're talking about this, I was thinking about how during the pandemic, too, there were a lot of growing calls for, you know, certain documents, whether it be from the government or messages were being communicated during COVID-19, how there were a lot of groups and organizations speaking out saying, hey, you know, we need to have these translated into different languages so people understand and they don't feel left out of the process. And I think this is just another example of that there. But do you think we've gotten better with things like that, especially in the healthcare, you know, communicating these important messages? I think there's certainly uh, a positive direction here. Um based off of the organizations that I've worked with and, and this kind of work, I think every little bit is taking a step in the right direction. So I think it's better than it used to be, and I think there's still lots of room for improvement as well. And why is it critical to have a healthy routine, especially for members of the South Asian community, since we are at risk for certain diseases? It's important for everybody, uh, every single person, to have a healthy routine, but especially for the South Asian community, um, because this population is at a higher risk for certain chronic diseases, um, such as type 2 diabetes, 
cardiovascular disease, and obesity. And this can be due to a combination of genetic, environmental, and lifestyle factors, such as physical activity, poor nutrition, and high levels of stress. So having a healthy routine can reduce the risk of developing these chronic diseases and improve overall health. An example of that is uh, physical activity, which can improve, it's, it, to, it's known to improve cardiovascular health, increase insulin sensitivity, and reduce the risk of obesity. Also, sleep, one of the three pillars of the physical activity guidelines. That's uh, known to help reduce stress levels and support immune functions. And so in addition to the physical activity benefits, um, regular physical activity, good sleep, reducing sedentary behavior, they've also been shown to improve mood and reduce stress, which can have a positive impact on mental health. And now if people want to access this guide, especially the one in Punjabi, where can they go? Uh, so, yeah, you can find more information about the guidelines uh, at www.ccepguidelines.ca. Uh, there they've got uh, infographics, guideline documents for healthcare practitioners, members of the general public, and anybody who may be interested in learning more of the specifics about those recommendations. Mahabir, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. You take care. Thank you very much. And if I can, I just wanted to say thank you as well to all the participants who gave their time and, and provided feedback in this project. It wouldn't have been possible without them. Thank you for doing the important work. We appreciate it. Thank you, Munkiran.